episode 11 of Talent Jockey. You're listening You're to Talent Talkie Talent Talkie Podcast, a show for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. One of the few jockeys who has never ridden a horse. Your host, Sean Kelly. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for tuning into Talent Jockey. I am your host, Sean, and I provide guidance, insight, advice into the world of talent acquisition. Ooh, it's cold one outside, let me tell you. At least here in the northern hemisphere of the U.S. I think Florida is even to get down below freezing, which is unusual. I think the warmest place on earth, maybe Australia. I don't know. It's their summer coming up on fall, but I got to think it's warmer there. If you live in Australia and you get this, let me know. Stay warm, folks. Don't let the snow get down, get you down. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why you would want to use a staffing firm. And I'm addressing this to job seekers, not hiring managers. That's another topic. But before I do, I have an announcement to make. So everybody, if you haven't tuned into episode one, I provide a little bit of insight and background to uh, my my professional experience. As you probably know, I worked in staffing and I worked in corporate recruiting. But for the last 18 months, I've been in, in information security. Okay, scratch your head. And I didn't know quite how to broach that subject with you. Because inside, I think I'm a recruiter. And I tend to have individuals contact me about positions, maybe resume advice. I tune into a lot of articles about the talent industry. But when I was in corporate recruiting, I would meet with customers, typically internal, obviously, and I would field their positions. Hey, I have a requisition, and I would get the details. And sometimes, every once in a while, they would know my background, and they'd say, you know what, maybe you would be interested in taking this position. And most of the times, it were it was for positions that were not overly technical in nature. It wasn't like a programming position. Even though I've dabbled in programming, it, it wouldn't be one that I would be qualified for. But most of the ones were, you know, like a business analyst, analyst project management, and I had never taken them up on their offers. Not that I would land the position by any means, but I just didn't pursue it. And over time, I had sat down with my manager at the at the time. Uh, I think it was just a one-on-one meeting. And, of course, we discussed my career. And, you know, one of the questions was, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself going? And within my mind, 
I had a couple options. One was to pursue a career in human resources or potentially in information technology because of my background and experience years ago and, and what I keep up with because I do keep myself in tune with IT and technology as well. And there was an opportunity that somebody presented to me. And at first I was hesitant because I'd been, again, like I mentioned, uh, presented with opportunities before. But this one was really, um, how do I put it? I wouldn't say insistent, but um, it was really... You know, you belong in information technology. You should come and work in the organization. And I, at the time, I thought, you know what? Maybe this is that fork in the road where I have to make a decision. So I looked at it and thought, well, what would I be doing? Because I didn't think I could get in and start configuring routers or switches, which is equipment that allows things to be networked together or deal with systems, administration, configuration. And they said, no, no, the personal side, information security, you probably, you know, do security awareness, deal with some risk, more of the business side of things and the people side of technology and security. So I talked to a couple managers to make sure that, you know, they knew my background and it would work out you know i would have their blessing for the most part in information security and they didn't see a problem and thought i would do well in a, in those areas and so i took it upon myself to enter the realm of information security and i had been a fan of information security since i was a kid and i loved security because I think I was still, you know, infatuated with, you know, the intricacies of systems. And I said, what the heck, let's, let's do it. And I had been in the role for 18 months. And a lot of recruiters that I had worked with and maybe, and still I'm sure information technology professionals that are some of my peers and managers um, probably scratch their head. Like, how does a recruiter become a member of IT? And to this day, I'm sure there's plenty that are scratching their head. And when I leave, they're they're gonna make they're gonna say, "Oh, that makes sense," or he couldn't hack it, or whatever the reason is that they're gonna come up with. And that's okay. I'm all right with that. But over time, I'd get individuals that would come up to me and say, hey, how do you, how's your new job? How do you like it? And I would always respond, well, it's different. And they'd say, well, that's not really giving them, giving them a lot of information. And it was always good, uh, you know, but it, it was different, completely different area, of course. But we had an individual, senior, senior leader in the organization at one point say, there's only one, in, there's only one person responsible for your career, and that's you. Now, I do think that managers can help facilitate career growth. 
I think they can remove obstacles. They can provide advice, guidance. But in the end, it really does come down to you whether or not you want to pursue a particular path or avenue or develop yourself to get to the next level or a different area. And so at this point, I thought to myself, I don't think information security is necessarily the path for me. And, you know, I, I brought it up to my manager, my current manager, information security manager. And I said, well, you know, I, I think they could get a, a better individual to, to do my position. Better, more qualified, I guess, would be a, the proper way to say that. But I had even told him, I said, you know, I've been in recruiting for a while. I've done staffing. I know a bad hire when I see one. And, you know, of course, that's kind of a joke. I don't consider myself a bad hire. Uh, I might be a little bit critical, but, you know, I was trying to be reasonable, practical. But, you know, I, I think that it just isn't the career path for me. But I wanted to give it a shot and give it its fair chance because I could have taken the role and thought, man, this is great. This is awesome. This is exactly what I want to do. This is exactly where I want to be, and this is where I want to go. And then when I, before I took the position, I thought to myself, well, what, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? Well, I could get terminated. True. But I felt as though I could always fall back on what I know, and that's recruiting. I, haven't, I had enough confidence to know that if I couldn't stay in the organization, I could get something in the industry that better suited my experience and career choice. And then time went on and I realized that information security just wasn't where I wanted to be. So I have an opportunity to go back to recruiting and I took it upon myself to say, yeah, I would love to go back and make a difference. And so that's what I'm doing. Effective in March, I will be full-fledged talent jockey now, the only difference is that I won't be actively recruiting, which I think some people will think uh, up, you know, at first. But I'm actually going to be doing a lot of back office policy processes, um, more of the strategy side of recruiting, which is something that I know to an extent, but not day to day. So I'm really looking forward to working with some of my old peers and helping them be more effective, more efficient, helping out clients, you know, in turn helping clients because through the recruiting steps and looking at those and being able to make things better. So I'm really, really stoked. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Woohoo! I'm excited. Now, with my old role, with the people that I worked with, have nothing but good things to say. I mean, who in the world would take a chance on bringing over a recruiter to, to do information security? Kudos to them. Sometimes I think hiring managers need to take some, you know, some higher chances on individuals. If it doesn't work out, hey, it happens. Now, I want to thank everybody that's given me opportunities throughout my career because I've had a lot of different 
uh, a lot of different opportunities. And while I say that you're responsible for your own career, there are some people that, you know, have an effect on that. So, you know, my managers, you know, even, even my new role, they didn't have to open a position and consider me. They didn't really open one. They, they're, they have one. So, yeah, there you have it. Okay, let's get into why you would want to use a staffing firm. Ten of, ten reasons. Okay, ten of them. Here we go. Number one, they may have opportunities you cannot find in the marketplace. They know of more businesses than you do, typically. I mean, you could drive all over the city, think you know all the ones that are out there, but no, they make a lot more calls. They have a lot more hiring managers in their database. So they could have more opportunities that you may not be aware of, that you may not find on job boards, or even through networking. Number two, intimate ties to the organizations. So some staffing firms have direct relationships with hiring managers at, you know, and clients. And they can call them up directly, send over a resume, talk to the hiring manager directly. Now, as a job applicant, even if you know about the organization and an open role, if you send your resume over to a hiring manager, if you can even figure out who that may be, they may look at that as unsolicited and they don't, they'll just throw it away. Staffing firm, they'll know them. They'll, they have a, they have an in. So number three, organizations may only use staffing firms. So some staffing firms do not have internal recruiting. Maybe they're just a small company and they don't need a full-time recruiter. Some of them may not even have a human resources department at all. Maybe they're just so small and they don't need that. Maybe they outsource it to do payroll and some benefits, but maybe they don't have a generalist internally that does hiring of any kind, so they outsource it to staffing firms. So that's one way. They're specialized. Number four, specialized. So some firms know your industry and only staff people with your experience and expertise and skills. As a matter of fact, the organization that I worked for was a Fortune 1000 staffing firm. And uh, they had different divisions with different expertise. And there was an office division that dealt with office administrators, data entry individuals, customer service representatives. Then they had a division that did finance and accounting that had positions like accounts payable, accounts receivable, controller, CFO, bookkeeper, and then, of course, I was in the information technology division. So with that, they know more about what you've done. They know the lingo, and they also know the area of an organization that has those roles. Now, there are some organizations that are more general, or they may cover a lot of office-type 
professional type positions. And then there's also labor and manufacturing type temporary agencies. And so when I say temporary agencies, staffing firm, placement firm, I'm talking about staffing firms. But, you know, even the manufacturer labor, they may deal with, well, typical labor. You know, anything from dishwasher to uh, construction, carpentry, heavy machine uh, operator, machinist. But they have that specialized area and specialized focus. Right? They're in their own niche. Number five, good resume builder. So if you have limited experience or maybe, you know, you're in one one area but you want to develop skills in another area and maybe a different job, this may be an opportunity to go through a staffing firm where you can make that kind of transition. And in addition, build your resume. Maybe the last position you you did X and Y and a little bit of Z and you want to develop more of Z. And so this will allow you to get into a position that may um, have a little more emphasis in that area. So you can build your resume up, you know, fill a gap that you might have. Number six, it fills the void between jobs. So if you're recently laid off, downsized, terminated, and it's going to take you a little while to find a full-time position, a staffing firm may be able to work quicker, and they usually do, I should say, they can work quicker to get you on an assignment, on a temporary um, assignment or contract assignment with one of their customers, one of their clients, right? And so instead of, you know, you're you're laid off, unemployed, it may take you three months to find a full-time position, but in those three months, you work with a staffing firm, they get you something in a couple weeks, Maybe it's an only one-month assignment, maybe it's two, maybe it's a year, but it allows you to work, get a paycheck, which is nice, keeps you busy, develops your skills, keeps them sharp, and fills that void uh, between positions, which is huge, I think. Number seven, it could always lead to a full-time position. Now, even with temp to hire, contract to hire, when I worked in staffing, I was always conscious of how I positioned a role to a candidate because not to get into the weeds too much into how staffing firms work necessarily, which is another episode, but even a contract to hire or attempt to hire is not necessarily guaranteed to hire. So I'd always position it as a contract position for X amount of months. And if everything goes well, they have the opportunity to hire you full time. And it may not even be three months. Maybe it's six months. Because I would rather position it that way than say, oh, it's contract to hire. Three months go by. And for whatever reason, the company cannot hire you. Maybe it's budget. Maybe it's timing. And then, of course, then you're, wait, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I thought this was to hire Where's my offer? All right. So that's something to keep in mind. But anyways, it could lead to a full-time position. It also allows you to try out that company. You know, organizations that use staffing firms will sometimes go that route. 
so that they have the flexibility and option to either hire you or not hire you or just try you out until they hire you to make sure it's a fit, kind of like a trial period. Now, some may say, well, can't they do that if they just hired me full-time? Well, maybe. It depends on the policy um, within the organization. You know, there's coaching maybe that has to take place and performance management, to, to, you know, due process in their organization where if they went through a staffing firm, they can just call the staffing firm and say, hey, we're not going to need the individual past this date. And that could be just because you're not working out. Um, it could be because they just don't have the work for you. Maybe it's, they, you know, maybe they didn't realize that the work would get done sooner or quicker, which isn't a bad thing. It just, it is what it is. And I'll go into a little bit about how they work so that you have some insight to this. But anyways, number seven could lead to a full-time position. Number eight, pays well. So again, it depends on the skill set and experience, but there are individuals that do professional contract and temp work. You know, they like the flexibility. They like the do an assignment, have some time off, pick up another assignment, gives them a change of environment, change of scenery, and that's how they live. Now, some of them get paid above market because sometimes there's a lull between assignments, and what they do is they'll have an increase in pay to kind of cushion that lull, right, the the gap between assignments. Or it's just because you're such a unique skill set that you are used temporarily to do something, and then they don't need you after it's done. Project management's a good example. We have a big project. We need somebody to manage it or just be on this project, and once the project's done, you know, we let them go. Now, because there's a variable cost. So if you hire somebody full-time, there's a cost to that hire. So it's usually your salary plus benefits, and it can be, you know, if you're getting paid, you know, X salary, the cost could be even 50% more with all the benefits that they pay you. And that's going to be hitting the books for as long as you're employed there. With staffing or temporary or contract work, they have a variable cost, which means that they have to pay more for a shorter amount of time. And then that cost tapers off when they let you let you go and they no longer need your services. So it's something that they can control on their end as far as a cost perspective. Again, getting in a little bit to the weeds, but nonetheless, it pays well or can. Number nine, staffing firms can actively market you. Now, this isn't for every individual that comes through their door, but if it's a unique niche skill set that you provide and they have clients that they know of that needs that skill set, they will actively market you to those clients. And what do I mean by actively market you? They'll pick up the phone and make 100 calls a week and say, hey, I have Jane or I have John and this is their background and this is their accomplishments and I know that you use the system. They're really going to be awesome and I want you to know that they're available right now. Don't need them? Okay, thanks. Just keep keep, keep me in mind if you have any needs. Hang up the phone, pick it up, call the next one, present the candidate again to the next individual. 
They're very, very, very good at that. Um, and that is something you will not be able to do. I mean, you could, um, but it, I'll tell you what, staffing firms are professionals at doing this. And you could probably do it, but my guess is that it's going to lie outside your comfort zone. And it may not be as effective that as, as effective as a professional staffing professional. All right, that's number nine. Number 10, benefits. Now, I have to admit that my wife takes care of all the insurance. Uh, I, you know, say, hey, here's our insurance options. What do we want to do? And she picks them, and I'm like, great, and we go with it. So I'm not in all on the loop on Obamacare and how that affects COBRA and all that other, um, all those other details. However, there are staffing firms that offer benefits, 401k, life, health, dental, vision, uh, accidental death and dismemberment, long-term, short-term disability. Maybe some of them only offer a few of those, but nonetheless, they can offer benefits that you may not have. And some will actually do kind of a trade-off where they may say, we offer benefits, but if you don't want to take them, we can actually pay you salary, maybe a dollar or two more an hour um, if you don't take them. And some not everybody needs benefits because maybe they're covered under their spouse's uh, insurance and therefore can make maybe a couple bucks more, which goes back to number eight, which pays well. So those are 10 reasons why a job seeker seeker would want to use a staffing firm. And I'll go over them really quick. Number one, opportunities you may not find. Number two, they have intimate ties to organizations and companies in the area. Number three, some organizations may only use staffing firms. It's the only way in. Number four, they're, they're specialized. Number five, it's a good way to build your resume. Number six, fills a void between jobs. Number seven, could lead to a full-time position. Number eight, pay, pays well. Number nine, they can actively market you. And number 10, benefits. If I missed one and you work in staffing and you're listening to this, you can drop me an email and let me know. I will certainly add it to my list. If you uh, have questions about staffing firms, how they work, or something confuses you, maybe you've uh, had an interaction with one and you want some more clarification or a way to approach the staffing firm, let me know. Send me an email, Sean, S-E-A-N, is how you spell my name, at talentjockey.com, and I would be more than happy to provide some guidance for you. Um, and you know, probably put you, put the uh, message on the show and give that to you. I want to thank you for listening to Talent Jockey. I always appreciate it. I really, really do. And I look forward to the next episode to talk to you a little bit more about the talent acquisition industry. If you have found some of this valuable, 
There's iTunes. I mentioned that before. Leave me a review. You don't even have to type anything in there. Just leave a star rating if you want. Um, but if you know somebody that may be able to benefit from some of the advice that I'm giving, let them know. Um, if you want to comment on this episode, just go to talentjockey.com forward slash zero one one. You know, and if you see uh, one of my previous episodes, that's how you can forward the link. It's talentjockey.com forward slash the number of the episode. And the person can just go to the website and listen directly from there or they can download it. But yeah, some resources for individuals. Hey, but I'm going to get going. It's late. It's cold out there. Stay warm. And keep on trucking. Trucking.